Hey everybody, Dan Holstein here, helping your business take flight. And today I'm excited to have uh, Brian James, who's a registered psychotherapist with us this morning. Hey Brian, well, good to see you. Likewise, Dan. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be talking to you today because we're going to be talking about mental health, uh, specifically as it pertains to business owners. We both work with business owners. And uh, I know you're going to share some strategies with us around how to maintain some balance in terms of mental health. Uh, but before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about how you became a registered psychotherapist, a bit of your background. Sure, sure thing. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so I actually became, uh, went back to school when I was 35 years old. I did a, a pretty significant career transition. Prior to that, I worked in uh, the corporate field. I worked for Dell Computer Corp and Hewlett Packard and uh, had done uh, business school and completed my MBA and uh, thought I was going to uh, have a career in that field for, for the rest of my life. And um, after a period of time, uh, I, I got a little, uh, I guess, discouraged with the work and sort of the motivation behind what I was doing and felt I was having uh, not a lot of authentic conversation or interaction. It was really about mm -hmm. what I could, uh, 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 you know, understandable. It was, it, was, it was business and I'm open to business, but I also wanted some authenticity there. So um, so anyway, I went back to school and started working at a residential treatment center, uh, and I worked up there in Huntsville, Ontario, uh, for about five years, five and a half years, and then um, started a private practice up there on the side as well. And uh, following that, we moved um, to Stony Creek, and I started my private practice here in Stony Creek for the last uh, almost four years now, full time. Yeah, awesome. And, and that's where we met when you moved in because we right. were business neighbors. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly. Awesome. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's so cool. So it's interesting that like I, I think about the bravery it takes to make a like, sort of a, a midlife career change like that. So good on you. That's uh, that's not an easy thing to do. So but, but you've, you've been at it for a while now and um, it sounds like you, you know, you're, you've really found what, what drives you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I like to say that I've worked hard in the corporate world, and I work hard in my business now. And I feel the difference between finding something that fits for me versus something that wasn't quite the right fit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess with with the work that you do, um, it must be quite rewarding because you're impacting people's lives every day, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's wonderful to see people grow and change and make progress, and uh, and sometimes um, and to be with them through the trials and, and tribulations that they they face. Well, there's, there's a saying that, um, I forget who said it, but it's along the lines of, as business leaders, we need to um, absorb fear and exude hope. You know, and so it's kind of lonely at the top for a lot of business owners, and they're, they have so much in the way of responsibility. And the question that I have is, you know, who's supporting the business owners out there, right? So, but that's part of, part of your ideal client is, is a business owner. And you work with them in what? Um, you have one-on-one -on -one kind of work that you do, and you work in groups as well, right? That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, so I do... Well, I mean, in terms of my, uh, say, one-on-one -on -one work, um, I'll work with individual individuals or I'll work with couples or I'll have even done some family work as well. Yep. And I also run men's groups. So I have three men's groups running right now. And, um, you know, I find that uh, in some ways, this might be surprising here, but there's a lack of resources in some ways for men's mental health and for mm -hmm. this idea of connection and uh, that men need, uh, but maybe don't acknowledge. So I'd agree with you that it's um, lonely at the top for sure. And that business owners and it, the individuals that I work with all uh, benefit from connection. Um, another way of saying it is that no one thrives in isolation. 
that's been my experience, you know, yeah. whether it and we've, be, and we've had tons of isolation this year. That's right. That's right. And, um, sometimes isolation begets isolation. Like it leads, it becomes a spiral where it leads to more desire to isolate. Right. And I've met some people who've gone through that as well. Can we so, talk about that just for a second, Brian? I think that's really sure. interesting. So if someone's isolating, do they find that they continue isolating because of how they're feeling? They don't feel like they, anybody wants to be around them or they're embarrassed of what's going on or they're just sort of stepping back. What, what sort of leads to that? Yeah. Um, I guess I'd say like uh, avoidance is a bad long-term strategy for anxiety. So when a person starts avoiding or isolating, we can use that word too, um, like some of the, 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 the responsibilities in their life or some of the, um, they start abdicating some responsibility to uh, sort of staying motivated and focused and in routine, um, it becomes harder to then bounce back from that. And the way I would say it is because they start to feel shame. They feel shame about their, here, Dan, I'm going to go, I'm sorry, I'm going to just go take care of what's going on upstairs. Sure. Yeah. Just a second. Okay. We'll have to include that in this somehow. Like, it's hard to work from home. In fact, yeah. we have to stop this podcast three times. <laughs> well, why don't we touch on that? Because I think it's awesome that we're getting interrupted. And I'm totally okay with it, right? It's totally cool. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's just so funny because this is one of the things people struggle with. Like even what if they're talking to their boss or a customer, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. Well, what's yeah. going on in my head is like, I'm being taped here. We're doing this thing. And I hear, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Too funny. <laughs> So I think right. you had mentioned that um, about shame. So the last thing you said, I think, was shame. Right. That they feel shame, so they continue to isolate. Yeah. So, so yeah. So isolation, in my judgment, leads to more isolating because um, as the person isolates, they can start to get in their, in their own thinking. They can start maybe disappointing themselves because they weren't taking actions that they said they would take themselves or keeping promises to themselves in their, in their, in their work and what they were going to accomplish that day. And as a result of that, they feel some, they start judging themselves and feeling shame. It's harder to break through that. Like maybe they had an appointment with a client that they didn't show up with or a follow-up that they were going to do with an employee. It can be hard to um, let oneself off the hook. And kind of be realize that we're in a difficult situation and have kindness and compassion for oneself um, in order to break through that. Right. And I guess that's the hardest part when someone's in that mode of shame, even if it's just starting like to be compassionate, because that's the whole, I've got to figure this out. I got to get this done. Um, I should be able all the should stuff, get these should on yeah. themselves. Right? I that's should be right. able to figure this out. I shouldn't be bogged down. I shouldn't be feeling like this and all that kind of beating up can occur. And I guess that makes it really tough to be compassionate with oneself when we're, when that's the dominant train of thought that's happening. Right. 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 And the antidote to that is, is healthy connection where you can, a person can share their truth about what's going on in their thinking or their head with someone that can accept them and um, offer a different perspective. And, you know, that's the challenge that I find people struggle with a lot. Why do you think it's so hard? Like, is it something to do with business owners? Let's just say business owners, for example. I mean, they're, they're always supposed to have the answers, know what's going on, predict the future, figure everything out. Like, is it some level of, um, I guess, just some level of positivity 
that that's taken a little bit too far. And then all of a sudden they realize they can't do and be at all. And it's like, Oh no, it's, it's sort of like it impacts our identity or what do you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that could be true. I, I also say that with talented people, sometimes it's hard working with talented people and we both work with really talented people. And I find that, um, and I'll say that in our first session, typically, as I get to know my client and um, say, so, you know, with talented people, it's really hard to work with sometimes because they've grown up in a way or they've developed themselves in such a way that they perceive themselves as being incredibly capable. And when they fall short of their own expectations, they can judge themselves so harshly. Right. Um, so that's yeah. kind of one thing that I see with that. Yeah. Set really high expectations, meet them most of the time, and then be incredibly tough on themselves when they don't even though what they their level of excellence might be someone else is unbelievably good and they're like oh that's not good enough because they're used to performing at such a level yeah yeah absolutely i see that all the time yeah totally so how do we how do we shift the thinking around that because i think that's something that probably a lot of business owners run into they're just so used to being able to figure it all out and i mean with times like covid or any other it doesn't even have to be covid it could be a new competitor coming to town it could be losing a key employee or a key customer when things change dramatically and they don't know all the answers. Like, how do we how do we deal with that sense of uncertainty and not knowing? Hmm. Um. So, I'm just reflecting on what you said there. Well, well, I guess part of that is if we're going to talk, talk about sort of pragma, pragmatic steps that could be taken. Um, you know, if they're taking, uh, I think they they need to be aware of their thinking. Um, like some people would be doing that unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And when I work with uh, my clients, I like to remind them that, um, so you're telling me you, you maintained or built your business in, in this environment. You've uh, been able to manage, uh, perhaps um, they've made progress on some large project that they wanted to, to make progress. They've been able to maintain their relationships with their family and loved ones. And uh, as I say, they've done it all in the realm of a hundred century global pandemic. Sounds yeah. pretty, sounds pretty good to me, right? Sounds pretty good to me. And sometimes they, you know, they'll laugh and when they kind of recognize that, because they're just so the person that we're talking about here might be just so much in their head of drive, go forward and have these high expectations. And it doesn't have to be COVID. Like you said, it could be, maybe they have a parent who's, who's sick. Well, that's going to take out some psychological energy that you mm-hmm. might otherwise be able to direct at your business, right? Yeah, it's interesting how business owners can be so tough on themselves and um, not recognize all the good that they're actually doing. That's something that, you know, when I'm talking with business owners as well, and I guess that's the benefit of being an outsider. Yeah. Um, you know, we can see things that the other person can't. I mean, that's why we have therapists and coaches as well to help us, right? Because we can't right. see everything that's going on for us, so. Right. Yeah, that external view can be so, so helpful. So, but what are, what are some of the things that a business owner can think about or anybody really as, as a sort of a practice to, to not get into that judgment space, not to, to, to delve into getting into that shame area? What are some of the things that they can do to maintain more of an even keel through challenging times? Sure. Well, I mean, one would be uh, connecting with, with other trusted people that they might choose to take a risk and be vulnerable with. I like to say with great reward, um, or rather with great risk comes great reward. And then I finish it off by saying with safe people, like if you take risk with safe people, there's a great reward 
right? So when I look, when I talk to individuals, I say, okay, so who can you, let's say you're struggling with anxiety or judgment, or you're feeling depressed because you're not meeting your objectives. Um, like who is in your support network that you can connect with and take risk and be honest with, you know, and oftentimes people say there's nobody, or I would never talk about that subject with anybody. And I said, well, you know, there's a lot of people on the planet. Is there anybody, nobody for sure. And if they don't have anybody, then we try to explore avenues of how they could connect with someone to, to be honest, besides just say myself as an example. So that would be one thing. I think connection to others is significantly important where you feel safe enough to be yourself. Yeah. I remember um, I had a day where, you know, I had some objectives. I didn't meet any of them. And I called a friend of mine that I've been sitting, I've been sitting in a men's group for many years now uh, with, and uh, he's a, he's a bit of a mentor in the business field for me. And I said, Oh yeah, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And I just ended up watching like uh, YouTube for this many hours, whatever. And uh, yeah, no one oh, watching Brian, this has ever done that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what he said. He said, Brian, Oh, so what you're telling me is you had a bad day. Oh, I, who amongst us hasn't had a bad day? Like, get welcome to the club. You had a bad day. It's okay. <laughs> Doesn't have to be made any more than that. Just dust yourself off, pick yourself up. And when you're ready to stop having a bad day, just go on to the next thing. So, so that is so helpful for me. When you're talking about being lonely at the top, that's often what I find is, um, you know, I feel a lot of passion about, which is trying to help people forge healthy connections, right? To get that kind of support. It's been so helpful to me, at least. That makes a lot makes a lot of sense. I think that comes back to what you said about nothing good really happens in isolation, right? Right, right, yeah. Because when a person's isolating, they're trapped with their old story, their old script, their old thinking, and there's no kind of like I like to call it like oxygen. There's no oxygen coming in to refresh the thinking, right? And when we get a chance to connect with other people, or you could connect with um, different, um, like different things you might read. Or things you might watch, right? Like some of the things that you release yourself, Dan, to, that you send to your clients, you know, can be very helpful to get us out of our own sort of spiral in terms of negative thinking and isolating. So it's either connecting yeah. with other people or connecting with healthy sources of wisdom, which might be through any mode. Like it could be through uh, like a blog post or a book you're reading or, um, you know, something you see uh, on YouTube. Hey, it doesn't necessarily have to be another person, right? I, I've had many mentors yeah. over the years that I've never met, and it, it's been through their writings, their teachings, their videos, and audio tapes. Yes. If we want to go that back that far, right? yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Sure. I, I think folks don't realize just how many resources there really are out there if if they start to look for them, and that it's. I guess the other part of it too, it's okay to take advantage of, them. like it's okay to get supported, right? That you know, yeah. we, as humans, we don't have to have it all figured out, although no. we may feel like it, but. It's not really a healthy way to look at things, is it? That, you know, trying to figure it all out ourselves, avoiding connection, perhaps if we get into that shame mode. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts, Brian, for someone who's maybe at that point where they're watching this and going, yeah, maybe I should talk to somebody, but I'm just, I don't know how to bring up the subject or I'm, I'm a little bit shy to talk about it because all these years I've been the guy that's had it all figured out. And this is what people think mm -hmm. of me, that whole image. How do we, how do we sort of help someone like that where, there's a bit of an identity shift that would need to happen. Like they, they don't want to have the conversation because it's going to mean they're less than like, I guess what, what we're saying is how do we, how do we normalize getting some help? Sure. Sure. Well, one thing that can be helpful, like, uh, um, uh, fear can be a good motivator too. And we could think of it in the idea of 
if I don't get help now, what happens five years from now? If I don't get help now, does this get better? Or as I age and say responsibilities increase, and perhaps will my resiliency go up to meet those responsibilities or was it likely to go down? Okay, so that would be one thought in terms of um, sort of a, a cognitive way to look at the situation, which might help because um, many people will think about wanting to get help um, they could be thinking about that for a long time, like five years off and on. It's like almost like a light that should I get help? Uh, not this time. They go around, come back six months later. Should I? No, I won't. Right. And so it's never good to stand on the edge of the diving board and just keep looking over and not jump. Eventually it's important to, to jump, right. Or get off the diving board, you know, but so, so yeah. in terms of asking for help or reaching out, um, we want to think about what's going to happen if I don't make this choice. If, I, if everything stays the same, is it going to get better? You know, that would be a significant, uh, that might be a, a helpful technique for people to ask themselves. Because really, they're in the contemplative stage of change. And when we're in the contemplative stage of change, um, we need to do a pros and cons of making that change. And it's called the decisional balance sheet. I could send mm -hmm. you a copy of what it looks like for you to reflect on. Sure. Um, and you could fill out this decisional balance sheet, which nicely assesses the pros and cons of making a choice. And if you do choose to move forward as a result of that, then you can move into the preparation stage of change and then ultimately into action, right? So um, this idea of not knowing how to um, instigate change uh, is pretty universally recognized. And um, I guess I just say there's hope for people who might feel that they're stuck, that there are tools available to help them move forward. That, that's awesome. That's really good to know. We'll put your contact information up as well, sure. Brian. Uh, so in case yes. anyone wants to reach out to talk to you about that. Um, and I guess the other thing to think about too, you mentioned about making it, you know, being on the edge of making a decision. It reminds me of the old riddle about, you know, there's five frogs sitting on a log and one decides to jump off. How many are left? Then the answer is, still five, right? Because it's decided to jump, but didn't, right? It's just made the decision. So nothing really changes unless we take some action. Right. You know, sort of a perspective that I have is that sometimes we fear what we have to go through, right? We, we may not have a lot of faith that whatever we want to see change will happen. And we associate discomfort with, with making change. I think that can keep people stuck a little bit too. So I think it's important to, for folks to recognize that if you take any forward moving action to solve a challenge that you've got, you're on, you're now officially on the path to getting it solved or healing or whatever the case might be, right? We don't have, you don't have to jump headlong into therapy or a men's group. It could be as simple as grab one of those decision-making sheets or talk to someone that's safe, right? Just any little action I think would be important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, like, what, I like what you said there because that's right. People can get focused on what they perceive to be the burden of change when in fact it could be totally freeing, you know, can be feel so great to, um, you know, they, you know, that classic focusing on the negative and the difficulty rather than if you overcome this, what's it going to look like on the other side. Right. I think mm -hmm. that's, the, that's what we've got to do is recognize that there's always a way to create some positivity. There's always a way to find your way through um, a mm -hmm. challenge. That's the same for everybody, right? No matter what it is you're going through, where you've come from, et cetera, there's always some resource available to help. I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Right, right. And I was just going to say that um, uh, I had two thoughts there. I can't remember the first one, but the second one was, yes, okay, I got it. So any effort you take, any effort 
is progress. So when I work with clients, I say, well, what do you think you want to do right now? What's going to help you? It's like, well, I really think if I did some meditation, that would be great. I said, awesome. That sounds good. How long do you want to meditate for each day? And they'll say 20 minutes. And I'll say, let's start with two. Let's start with three minutes. Let's do, it can be small. It doesn't have to be big. It's more about setting yourself up for the win. You know, that's really what I'm looking for when I work with my clients. If they're struggling with, an addiction, for example. Okay, let's look at what you're willing to do and start real small. Like maybe I'm willing to check out, maybe I'm willing to check out a 12-step meeting. Okay, great. You can do it on Zoom. Uh, you don't have to put your camera on and you don't have to turn your 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 mic on. You can just be a part of the group and listen. Why Take that one little baby that? step. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So that would be another uh, sort of perspective. I agree with what you're saying there. Yeah, just try something small. Yeah. It's interesting. I think that when we think about change and, and the fears we may associate with it, um, like you said, sometimes it's freeing. We don't realize that we've built something up in our head that's going to be very, very difficult. But if we've never done it, we don't truly know. Sure. So maybe we have to get a third party safe person like yourself, et cetera, to talk to, to get a little bit of feedback and, and share what other people's journeys have been that have been in a similar situation. Because I think just before we start recording, um, we're talking about um, there's 8 billion people in the world, right? So um, there's a lot of experiences out there and there's, there's probably someone who's gone through what anyone might be watching this has gone through and, right. and, and someone that could reflect with them to kind of assist, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, Absolutely. you're not alone. We're not alone. Yeah. And I always feel great when I either talk to someone and they offer me support. That's like, Oh, okay. That's, that feels really good. I'm not alone. Or when I read something and they put words to what I'm experiencing, I'm like, Oh, that's just like me. Oh, I'm, I'm it's very reassuring in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same. And, you know, working with uh, all the business owners I've worked with over the years, um, whenever I've, you know, worked with someone through a particular challenge, often they think they're the only one having that challenge. Yeah. Because no one really tells the truth. No one talks about these things. And no. it's like, no one says, how's it going? Oh, great. How's it going with you? Great. If only I could just make payroll, you know, <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah. No, one, no one adds that little suffix on about how, how they're challenged. And so it's, it's almost like um, everyone's kind of faking it sort of deal. So I think it's so important to realize you're not alone. People, if someone else has gone through the same situation and come out the other side. So, you know, it's okay. You're not alone. People can, yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, and we live in that kind of Instagram society where the best pictures are taken of the, the and that's what's presented. And you and I would both uh, get the benefit of talking to people who on the outside appear to have everything going for them and all together. But then, you know, they're working with us on some, some level for a reason because there might be a part of them that's they have their struggles like any other person, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is a challenge of social media these days. We're being bombarded with all the yeah. all this imagery of, of success, what what you know success is. Yeah. And in reality, that's it's it's manufactured success, right? It's and, and it, you know, any kind of social is very often it's a highlight reel of people's best day. It's not <laughs> no one's like taking a tour of their messy house, walking around with their no. PJs and the Cheerios still spilt on the on the kitchen floor from breakfast that they haven't had a chance to get to. I mean, that's yeah. reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they they barked at their wife and they didn't want to do this with their child and, you know, all that stuff, right. That doesn't get shown. Yeah. And it's the same for, you know, our thinking, you know, we're, we're just not talking about the stuff that we're frustrated with that that's challenging us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, that's why it's great that there's, there's folks like yourself that can help people through that. Cause it's so important, I think, to get that, to get that support and recognize that you're not alone and there's ways to get assistance through any, any kind of mental health challenge. Right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Well, good stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat today. And uh, we'll put your contact information in the show notes. So if anyone wants to be able to reach out to you, um, then they can do that if that's okay with you. Yep. Cool. Awesome, Brian. Well, look, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope that anyone watching this, if, if they're in a, a challenging spot, if they're feeling isolated, feeling alone, um, you've got a couple of um, little strategies to say that you can use. Reach out to somebody, reach out to someone like myself, reach out to someone like Brian. There's always someone that will be there to be able to support you. So thanks for watching. And again, thank you so much, Brian. Thanks, Dan. Okay, take care. You too. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode today. I hope that you found it of value. If you did, please give us a five-star rating. And if you know someone else that might find it valuable, please share. Thanks so much and have a fantastic day.